98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Start today's 4 o'clock reset with the injury report for the Arizona Cardinals game against Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. And there are some things to be concerned about on this list from a Cardinals perspective. Let's talk about the guys who did not practice today. Offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham did not practice today. Offensive lineman Josh Miles did not practice today. Offensive lineman Justin Murray did not practice today. So you've got three key, three one key offensive lineman and two guys who are key to backing up that offensive lineman who all did not practice today. Yeah. Byron Murphy didn't practice today. And while we're on the topic, cornerback Marco Wilson was limited in practice today. Hate to hear that. That's a long injury list. I'm just checking on some of these guys now. Um, you know, Byron Murphy, you, you start to look at that, right? They've got depth on the offensive line, but they've done a... You, know, you, you don't want to have three guys that are, that are limited. Byron Murphy's such a big part of what they do because he's your number one cornerback. So, yeah, this is, you know, and listen, as the season goes, this is what happens. Guys get hurt. They go on injured lists, and these injured lists usually expand. So this is, you know, not a great sign, but we'll probably find out more tomorrow on whether these guys are going to play it or not. looks like for Justin Murray, it was more of a personal day than anything. As far as DeAndre Hopkins, he, for the second straight day, did not practice as well, and his is not being called a rest day. His is being called a ribs injury, but A.J. Green spoke earlier on DeAndre Hopkins and said, don't worry about Hop it. Hop don't miss games. He'll be fine. And that's what we came to Hop learn don't about miss last games. Year. He'll be fine. Hop don't miss games. Anquan Bolden, now eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I hope he gets in, man. I, I, really, I hope he gets I in. I'm too. a big fan. Big fan. He was on the Wolf and Luke show earlier today, and if we remember his time with the Cardinals is tumultuous. He told the guys that everything's fine now. I had the opportunity to to run into Rod Grace, who's now moved on and he's in a different position um, in the NFL now. And you know, we had the we had the opportunity to talk, and you know, he apologized for some things that happened, you know, while I was there. So for me, man, all of the all of the bad blood, all of the things that happened, that's water under the bridge for me. Get Good that, to hear. Get that man in the Ring of Honor. Oh, Stat. without without question, he's such a great player. That. I love how he talks about how he wanted to punish defensive players too, the crack blocks and everything. He, you know, the, the trash talking in the middle of the field. He was such a physical wide receiver, and it just you enjoyed watching him play. He's one of my favorite Cardinal players of all time. He Th- was so good. Thursday night football tonight features the Panthers versus the Texans. Davis Mills going to be making his Six. first start. Of his NFL career, crazy. If I'm kind of looking forward to that game, that is a little crazy. Here's I, the- I, I want to see. Sam Darnold. I want to see Hassan Reddick. I, I I want to see Carolina play. All right. Here's Texans coach David Culley on Davis Mills getting the start for the Texans tonight. We'll actually have the same playbook. Uh, obviously, there are some things that he is a little different than Tyrod, but we actually have the same kind of plays, but we'll use the things that fit him more so than what we did with Tyrod. Some of the things we did with Tyrod, we may not do with him in the run game, but as far as the pass game, it'll basically be the same thing. You know, it's funny. I hadn't really thought much about watching tonight's Thursday night game. Now you are? Uh, I mean, I was going to anyway, but you're right about the Panthers. I kind of want to shut them out. Just want to see what they're about. See what they're all about. They they legit or not. And you've got no Diamondback game today because they won today. They beat the Braves 6-4. That's the next story on our list, as a matter of fact. The Diamondbacks did salvage one game of their series with a 6-4 win over the Braves. Carson Kelly hit a three-run homer 
to spark the comeback today. That means yep. the Diamondbacks have to win three more games over the course of the season to avoid setting the record for the most franchise losses in a single year. Three that's, more wins. All right, there you go. See, that's a big one to get that one right there. You don't, want to get swept by the, you don't want to get swept by the Braves. And real quick, before we stick with the uh, Diamondbacks, the Mercury, win or go home playoff tonight against the New York Liberty. That game's going to be at GCU Arena tonight. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. It's going to be on ESPN2. Diana Taurasi is probable for tonight's game. It's a GCU one, Arena? Yeah, there's a conflict with the Footprint Center, so they had to move oh. the game to GCU Arena tonight. That's okay. why it's going to be there. Oh, that should be fascinating. Should be a lively crowd there tonight in a smaller building, but it is a one-game-or-go-home scenario for the Phoenix Mercury. That game is coming up at 7 o'clock tonight. But top story of the day today on the Burns and Gambo Show, and I'm looking up at the screen right now at Bally Sports Arizona, and I'm sure Tori is speaking about it as we speak. Troy Lovello, a contract extension to remain as manager of the Diamondbacks, despite the fact they're flirting with the worst season in franchise history. Today, Mike Hazen announced that Troy will be back on a one-year contract next year. There's a team option for a second. It very much puts all of the parties in exactly the same scenario they were in this year. Yeah, they'll be in this, and, and they'll be back here a year from now, right? Unless unless he gets fired during the season. They'll be right back here trying to figure out what they did. What the Diamondbacks decided is that they couldn't reward Tory uh, Tory Lovello for the performance of the Arizona Diamondbacks this year when they've having one of the worst years in the history of the organization. Our reward would be a multi-year contract. They did not want to give Tory a multi-year contract because they viewed that as a reward. Based on the performance, the results did not clearly did not warrant a reward. So they're going to keep everything status quo. It's a one year deal for Tory. He's got no leverage. He's got no you know. You want to be a manager in the major leagues? You want to go be the third base coach? So you know, if you want to be a manager, you get a chance to come back and get this thing right for next year, and hope to hopefully to get more talent and, and guys stay healthy, and you know, then you could earn a multi year contract. But for Tory. With no leverage, this is the best scenario for him. Take the one-year deal. He gets a modest raise from what I what I was told today in my conversations with the D-backs. There's a modest raise in there for Tory, Not much, but just a modest raise. And it's a one-year deal, and they get to revisit this all over again next year. Yeah, I hate to be negative about this. It's hard to see. I don't think they're going to set another franchise record for losses in a season next year. It's hard to see things getting dramatically better for the Diamondbacks. Dramatically, next year. I agree, but marginally better, I could see. Well, marginally if better. Bumgarner gets healthy, and Gallon and Kelly, you've got a good one, two, three. You got to get rid of Peralta and Ahmed, and you know Calhoun's not going to come back. I mean, they're not going to pick up a nine million dollar option on Calhoun. Think about where we're setting the bar here, though. All you have to do is not be the worst team in the history and that's of the franchise, marginally. and that's marginal improvement. All you have to do is not be the worst team in the history of the franchise. And you're better than you were a year ago. So for me, I, I, I'm setting the bar a little bit higher than being better than this year because this year is going to be historically bad. Uh, is it going to be a 70 win baseball team I would next think year? So. Yeah, I mean that's the 70 win, 70 wins is still losing 92 baseball games. I understand that. I, I think I, somewhere. I, just, yeah, I mean, listen, we don't. It, it's hard to say because I don't. We don't know any of the moves they've done. Who's coming back? Who's not coming back? Who did they add in free agency? What trades did they make? Very. Very difficult to look at the roster now and say, hey, they should be marginally better just on health. If they're healthy, they should be marginally better. More than them, I'm looking around them. Dodgers, Padres, Giants. And I'm just just wondering, you know, and I'm just, and, and look, and I really hate to be a downer about this, but as one listener who pointed out on Twitter about an hour ago, with the labor situation in baseball, I don't know what 2022 is going to look like in Major League Baseball. This one could get nasty. 
This one could get. We were just talking off air yeah. a second ago about just how contentious it was trying to get them on the field for that shortened season a year ago, right? The CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, is up at the end of the season. As soon as the postseason is done, it is it is up. There is a belief that this one could be nasty. Now, I don't know what that's going to mean for next year. It's way too early to know that for sure. Uh, I just I, I I look around the division and I wonder how much they'll be better. Of course, they're going to be better. They have to be better. They're, they're not going to be as bad as they were this year. How much better? You know how how what's marginal? What's drastic? What's an improvement? What's I don't it's, know. It's, I don't it's know. Just to, to I couldn't guess. I don't know who the team's going to be next year. But Mike Hazen, you know, you got to fix that bullpen, right? He said that's his priority. You got to fix the bullpen. So if he does that, that that'll go a long way towards them being a more competitive team. I, I'm expecting that they will make moves to be more competitive. When we come back, Kyler Murray versus Trevor Lawrence. It's not exactly the one-on-one matchup that's going to go down Sunday in Jacksonville, but considering that they're both number one overall picks, where is Trevor compared to Kyler? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. John Gambador, Dave Burns, the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. They are still in Jacksonville, and it's only been two games, but they're waiting for that Trevor Lawrence aha moment. Like, yep, yeah, there he is. There, there, oh, there, yeah, there, there's yeah. the guy. That's the that's the number one pick. Sure. That's the I qu- remember waiting for that for 13 games with Josh Rosen, and then the 13 games were like, I don't, I didn't see it. Didn't have it. Didn't have one of those games. Nope. I and thought that, it would come. And that's why I framed up the conversation that way, because with Kyler, and I'm, I'm, go ahead. What's the game? What is it? 250 yards, two touchdowns, 300 yards, two touchdowns, 250 and three touchdowns. What is the game? Um, I, What okay. is the, okay, that's the kid that they drafted with number one overall out of Clemson right there. That's him. What is it? Is it, all right, a question to your question, okay? Mm-hmm. Is it? If he leads a game-winning touchdown drive, is that enough? No. So it's got to be the whole game. Complete game. Okay, a complete game. Complete okay, game where you I walk just, out of your Jack fan, you walk out like, that's our guy. You got to complete. We got our quarterback of the future. You got to complete at least 65% of your passes. You got to throw for at least 275 yards. Okay. You've got to like throw that. for two or three touchdowns, two or and three. you can't no picks. have any picks. Okay. And and that that to me is the okay. There it is. It's it's not that like like the ultimate breakout game would be he completes like eighty percent of his passes and he throws over three hundred yards and he accounts for four touchdowns. I mean that. And I I picked those numbers because that's almost what Kyler Murray did a week ago against the Vikings. Now he's been in the league longer than Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but but that's the kind of game that wins you awards. That's the kind of game that gets you the gold watch from the AFC when you're named the offensive player of the week. In your conference, right? If you even get a gold watch for such a thing, yeah. that it, but just a good enough game where you can be reassured that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, sixty-seven percent completion, two hundred and seventy-five yards. You agree? Is that about? In I line? think going by memory here, Falcons game, Kyla Murray, first season. If I remember correctly, I don't have. I'd have to look it up. Twenty-seven to thirty-seven. Oh, how do you have that? How do you have that right there? How? <laughs> it's the goog. I mean, people are going to think like we all oh, we have this plan. No, we we like I. It's the goog. I'm thinking the Falcons game was my okay. first memory of Kyler Murray. Like, wow. Do you know why I knew that? Why I was able to pull it up? No, I don't okay. know. We talked about this earlier in the show. 
and we were comparing Kyler Murray's first two games to Trevor Lawrence's first oh, two games. So you had it up. So I have his game log from his rookie season on my screen. Okay, give me the Falcons. Falcons, because you're right. My you're, memory is after the Falcons game, we were like, yeah, they got something special. You're 100% right. That was, okay. that was the game. You're, you are correct. Break it down for me. 27-37, uh, to 37, he Ooh, completed wow. 73% of his passes. He threw for 340 yards. Three touchdowns. They won. No pick. They won. Close game? 34-33. Oh, jeez. He averaged about nine yards per passing attempt. He ran 11 times for 32 yards. And that wasn't that good. He was, was he sacked? Give me a minute. He was not sacked in that game. Zero three sacks Three touchdown zero passes, no interceptions, a high completion percentage? 73%. Quarterback rating of 128.2. Okay, that's what I remember by memory as the... Because I remember, that's the game we never got from Rosen. Yeah. That's the game you wanted from Josh Rosen and you never got. And Kyler Murray just gave it to you. Because there's this belief for me that once if somebody does something like that, that the only thing that does is proves that they're capable of doing it. Sure. Doesn't mean they're going to do it every time, you know. Doesn't mean that you're always going to follow that up. But yes. It proves that you're key. You could argue, I wouldn't buy it, but you could argue that that game actually happened in week two against the Ravens when he threw for 349 yards and completed about 63% of his passes. But in that game, he didn't have a touchdown. He was sacked three times. He only game. ran the ball three times. I would agree with you. It's I the remember Falcons the Falcons game. game. It's the Falcons game. That's the one. Because they won. Because they won the game. And they, they won it close. Kyler proved how you – I'll give you credit. I don't know how you remembered that. I, I need to cheat and look at something like that. How do you I, remember I that? I don't have anything up right now. I just, I just remember the Falcon. I game. always love how when I question you, you always yeah, show me your computer screen. Yeah, it's just like, proof. Yeah, because yeah, like when I sing a song. Wait, wait, I actually, swing it, swing it back again. Happy 1600th birthday, Venice. That's what's yes, on your screen right now. That's what's on my screen right now. A Facebook post wishing Venice a happy 1600th now birthday. He can't show prep that. You know, we can't put that in the email. Yeah, you can't. I mean, nobody knows. <laughs> bon Compliano to Venice. Venezia, Venezia. Gambo's got on his screen ago. during the show. Happy sixteen hundredth birthday to Venice, and you've got Kyler Murray's game chart what up. I have on my screen yeah. during the Burns and Gambo show. Mm-hmm. Tells you what you need to know about the Burns and Gambo. You know, show. Alex, I always say I have no memory, but I I remember the Falcons game is the game. I'm impressed that kind of was like that's, I'm, I'm, that's I'm, the I'm Kyler Murray game. Legit, there it is, right I'm there. Legit impressed that you would remember that. I would have to look something like that. I, I would never remember that off the top of my head. That, uh, so that was the game. Trevor Lawrence, I believe at some point, is going to have that game. I hope it doesn't happen this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen this weekend. I hope it doesn't. But he's going to. He's just too good not to. Uh, There's question marks all around him. Uh, The receivers aren't creating separation. There's some real questions about the play calling. They're falling behind in these games, at least they have so far, to the point where they can't even afford to run the ball. They have to throw it, which means Trevor Lawrence is throwing the ball way too many times in a game. He's had some accuracy issues. He's got the highest percentage of uncatchable balls thrown so far in the NFL through two weeks of the season. So there have been issues galore with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there's no doubt Trevor, he was seen when he came in the league as a can't-miss Andrew Luck, this guy's going to be great, don't even worry about it kind of prospect. I still think he is. I agree. We haven't seen it yet. I I mean, even if he just has... You know what I think? I think... 
the, the Cardinals soured on Josh Rosen about halfway through that season. It's about halfway through the season. They kind of said to themselves, this ain't the guy. It wasn't that they got to the end of the season. They didn't need to the end of the season. But they got halfway through the season, and it was just like, yeah, this is not this is not the guy. And they went, obviously, in a different direction. They got Kyla Murray in the next draft, and they got rid of Josh Rosen. They traded him to Miami. Um, I think what you want to see is you just want to see some signs in the first year that the guy's legit, that he's good, that he's got the talent to do it. You're not looking to take you to the playoffs. You're not looking to... You know, put up a you know record-breaking numbers. Just show me some signs that you're good. Show me some signs that this was the right pick, that you're able to do this. Because what you don't want is you don't want to go through a year and all of his games are like the first two, and then you're like, I don't know, like what do you? Because always we always say this about a player, like you can't you can't go too long not knowing what a player is. Mm-hmm. Like you got to know after a year or two, like you want to know what you have. And there's been plenty of athletes that have come through here where. We've been scratching our head after two or three years. What do they have in this guy? Yeah. Is he any good or not? Call From it the Alex Len disease. Alex, Connor Jackson. Remember right. Connor Jackson right. with the Diamondbacks? Yeah. What do they have in him? I he, don't know. He got the Valley Fever and that. and that. I know, but even before the Valley sideways. Fever, yeah. it was like, is he any good or I, not? I, I don't know. Yeah, I always think of Alex Len when I think about that. Man, it took us five years and we still never found out what we had in Alex Len. Never. Right. You know, or you could call it the Robbie Ray disease. Oh, wait, he's going to win the Cy Young Award this oh, year in the man. American League. Oh. Texas, your thoughts on Kyler and Trevor Lawrence, the FanDuel text line. It's open, 620-620. You can text us anytime. We'll read the best ones on the air. The 2-0 and start for the Cardinals. It's not unfamiliar to them. They did it just last year. What do they need to do this time to improve to 3-0? and That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's turn things back over to Mitch here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. When last we checked, 79.5 of the respondents had said, uh, had answered this question, Colorado. What we were very curious to see if this would change over the course of a couple of hours. What's the question? What are the results so okay, far? Okay, so if you're just tuning in, just hearing the poll question for the first time today, which team this weekend do you feel is more likely to pull off, because I can't spell, the upset over the Arizona foe? And your options being Jaguars over the Cardinals or CU over ASU. When it was before, at 79.5 in favor of CU, where do you think it is now? I think it moved. I think more people, I, I, I took Colorado. But I thought more people would actually pick Jacksonville. So I'm going to say it moved 10 to 15%. You, you, you thought you'd be in the minority. I actually thought I'd be in the majority, too, when I said Jacksonville, just simply because it's in Jacksonville and the Colorado game is here. I think it's moved, too, but I'm going to say it hasn't moved very dramatically. I'm going to say it's gone down to like 76% or say in Colorado. Okay. It is at exactly 948 votes right now. That's about 500 over the past two hours. And it's moved like maybe a thread's length. It's at 80.7% still in favor of CU over ASU. Oh, it's gone up. Okay. It's gone up. Yeah. Okay. Boy, ASU was so bad against BYU. They've got our audience thinking that Colorado has a better chance of springing the upset. Because that, to me, is what that poll question is saying. Is is that the, the, the faith of the fans, it's not, I made it about the opposition. I made it about Colorado being a worse football team than Jacksonville, I think our audience is making it about 
ASU and the Cardinals. That yeah, because the Arizona, the Cardinals are much better than what than the Sun Devils. Yes, but Colorado is probably worse than Jacksonville. I see, the, and that's why I picked Jacksonville. Because I mean, Colorado didn't score a single point last week. I, I, I they, Col- they had like sixty three yards. Was they're, it? They're dreadful. I think they're dreadful. I would pick CU over ASU in this one just because of two things. One, because of CU holding their own, not at their home stadium, but in Colorado against what was then the number five team in the country. And then just the exorbitant amount of penalties that ASU has committed against teams they should not be committing penalties against. Look, it's time to start talking about NAU. Forget about this ASU. <laughs> I mean, they got Northern Colorado this week. <laughs> you know what? The Lumberjokes I, taking on Northern Colorado. You start calling them by their correct name, I'd be more than happy to talk about it. I Northern am calling Arizona them by University. their correct name. You are not, actually. That's not. You go That's to their website, they are. you will not find them as the Lumberjokes. So you want to call them by their right name? We'll be more than happy to yeah, talk I'll, about I'll them. I'll call them by the their not right name when you make a donation. <laughs> That's when I'll call them by their okay. right name. Okay. When I see the check school, going out. School president. Who, who mm. died and made you the school president of Northern <laughs> Arizona University? They're asking you for money. I missed, I missed that memo. If the Cardinals are to go to 3-0, and uh, obviously, they, and that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, of course. Um, the Cardinals right now, one of seven 2-0 teams in the NFL. One of them are actually in action tonight going up against the Houston Texans. The Carolina yes. Panthers yeah. off to a 2-0 and start. That game starts a little less than an hour from right now. There was a story on NFL.com taking a look at all of the 2-0 and teams and basically what they have to do to improve to 3-0. and Like, what is the one challenge? Here it is. One challenge each undefeated team must overcome in order to continue to win and, and do well. This was from Gil Brandt on NFL.com. Okay. The Arizona Cardinals must, and I couldn't agree with this more, slay the NFC West Dragon. Totally agree. That's I mean, that's their... But their the, whole season, that's it. That's the key to their whole season okay, right there. But is it like didn't didn't uh Khaleesi have three dragons? Khaleesi had three dragons, right? My, my she had wife, three dragons. My wife wouldn't watch that show, so I don't know. I don't know why your wife wouldn't watch that show. It's one of the greatest shows that's ever been on television. Because it really truly in is. In her mind, it's Dungeons and Dragons, and she doesn't care anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I've it's tr- not Dungeons I, and Dragons. I, look, Gambo, you want you look, you want to call her? You can call her. You know how many times I've had this freaking conversation being, with her? She's being ridiculous. Go ahead. Here. I was gonna say the way Bernsey sounds, it sounds like it's been a long standing argument for seriously. Like three years. Here, I am gonna call her right now. You want to talk to her? On the while we're doing the show? Well, maybe during a commercial break right. you can tell. Because we've had this conversation. Well, then you need to watch it without her. 100,000 times. Like, you got to be like, I'm going to watch it without you. Well, I have no problem doing that, so maybe okay. I just will. Go so ahead. she had three dragons. Lacey's got three dragons, yes. That's Seattle, San Francisco, and the Rams. It's not one dragon, right? I mean, they're saying that, that story is saying that they've got to slay the NFC West dragon. They don't just mean the Rams. No, of course they mean... They mean the NFC West. They mean all three of them. So it's yeah. like Game of Thrones. There's three dragons there, and... In the end, I think in the end there was only one dragon left, I believe. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury has a 3-9 and nine record against the other three teams in the division in the two years that he's been here. Oh, wait. Give me that again. 3-9. and nine. First. Uh, versus the NFC West. Cliff Kingsbury has a 3-9 and nine record against the other three teams in the division, including three second-half losses last season. One each to Seattle, the Niners, and the Rams. Well, four of those are to the Rams, right? Yes. So without the, you take the Rams out, he's 3-5? and 3-5 and five still. Okay. Okay. 
I agree with that 100%. 100%. The, the Cardinals' season very well be, may be made or, or broken by what they do against the NFC West. Because if you're good enough to be good against that division, you're good enough. Yes. You know, the, the whole, if, you're, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it that's in this I division, left. that's why you left. Mm-hmm. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And if you can make it in this division, you're going to be fine. You'll be just yeah, I, fine. I thought it was crazy to think that four teams could make the playoffs in this division. But then the first couple of weeks, you kind of look at the rest of the league and you're like, I don't like, I don't think Green Bay's that good. I mean, New Orleans, they didn't, they look good in week one, they look terrible in week two. Like, who's good? Yeah. Carolina's going to fall down to earth eventually. You would think. Like, they can't be that good. I mean, is it possible that, look, I would, I, I would bet a car payment right now, three teams in the NFC West are going. The three, not four. But is it possible four go? Yeah. Especially if they beat up on everybody else. It's very possible. I, I, Cardinals have played two games against everybody else. They're two and zero. Oh. You could afford if you're beating everybody else, you could afford to lose the games in your division and still make the playoffs. I mean, you, so that's part of this. That's the that's the opposite side of slaying the dragon. You could not slay the dragon and still get into playoffs because you beat up on everybody else that you have to play. Gil Brandt didn't just stop with the Cardinals. He did this exercise for every undefeated team in the NFL, uh, and that includes two NFC West teams. For the Rams, their challenge that they have to overcome to keep the good times rolling, in his words, let the good times roll, are to help Matthew Stafford hit new heights, which I think is... It's fair. He's never done that with Detroit. That's I mean, he's what I was going to say. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I think it's reasonable to wonder. No. I think he's going to do great there, but I've always been kind of a Matthew Stafford fan. I think it's reasonable to wonder if he can. He's never, he's just been a guy in Detroit for 10 years. He's never. He's, no, when there's, you know, when the end of the season comes and all of these games matter. I mean, how many times in his career has he been, game, been in games that matter in December? Not much. Yeah. San Francisco, the challenge to keep the good times rolling, stay healthy, which is pertinent for everybody. All right. That's kind of a cop out because you could yeah, say that about like everybody. That. But I, I, don't, I think for them, it's the running game. How do they get a running game going? But that's kind of part and parcel yeah, of okay. staying healthy, that's right? True, it's true. Because they've lost all their guys. I, I think what I was going to say was I think with San Francisco, it actually applies. It applies to everybody, but it really applies to San Francisco because, man, they got demolished by injuries a year ago and they're already dealing with it this year. You know, to the tune of who is their running back? Where are they? How are they going to gain? Yards on the ground. I got San Francisco losing this week to Green Bay just because I, I think their run game is is trashed right now. I, it's not much there. Yeah, I don't. And I, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened to Brandon Ayuk. I mean, what is what it, what happened to Brandon Ayuk? I'm not using them. No, not at all. Join Bud Light, the official beer of the Arizona Cardinals, for a Red Sea Road Rally this Sunday. It's at Philly's Sports Grill on Warner in Tempe. Kickoff is at 10 a.m. There's going to be food specials, football prizes throughout the event. Head to the events page at ArizonaSports.com for more details. While it's a great thing to have fans back at stadiums and seeing sports in person again, it's awesome, we all love it. Is home field advantage still the advantage for the home team? Some data that suggests maybe not. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Live from the Auction Community Studios, we are Burns and Gambo here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. (laughs) 
we got a kick out of this story pre-show in our meeting, and so we thought this was this to to like dive a little deeper into this would be worth our time because we thought you might be interested in this. This was a story from ProFootballTalk.com today. Um, last year, for the first time ever, I'm assuming, home teams in the NFL had a losing record at home. Not by right. a, not by a lot, but. No fans last year. Absolutely. You had the pandemic. There were no fans. Okay, you can justify there was no real home field advantage. There weren't the false star penalties, and the crowd noise wasn't a factor. And Okay, so you can see why last year the home field advantage wasn't a big deal. 127 wins, 128 losses, and one tie last year. So, look, a one-game difference, but it was still the first time ever. This year, you would assume fans are back, stadiums are full, Everything's back to normal, which means the home team once again has the advantage. Not so fast, my friend. Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friend. This is interesting. Through 32 games, home teams are 16 and 16. 500. Yeah, which, and I think in the story that you you sent, it's like home field advantage in, in gambling was three points. Yes. You got three points just for being the home team. That was the rule of thumb. We're, we're then it went down to two, and now it's down to one? One. So you're getting one point for the most part if you're a home team. That's the only advantage you get is one point. That's almost more interesting why. than the record. That's a, wh- why. I wonder why. I wonder why teams are having so much success on the road. How team? I mean, we, we talked about this the other day. Remember when Ken Wizenon could never win a game going back east? Could never win a game. Yeah. I mean, they would they, they they would raise bloody hell trying to figure out what do we do? Do we leave on Thursday? Do we leave on Friday? Do, <laughs> should we just leave on Sunday and show up like two hours before the game? Like, do we stay for the week? Like, they they were they could not figure out what to do. They tried five different things and it wouldn't work. They would just go back east and they'd get pummeled. The time zone, the sleep, whatever it was. And now Cardinals go on the road against Tennessee week one, ten o'clock game, no problem. They win. They're going to go on the road this week, 10 o'clock game. They're probably going to win. Is that the answer to the question? Have teams figured it out? Have teams figured out after all these years of trial and error, and not just the Cardinals, all teams, after all these years of trial and error, how do we travel? What's the best way to do this? Where do we stay? When do we fly? When do we go? Have teams figured it out? That That's the idea that was that was posed by Pro Football Talk. So did not figure it out in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the first decade of the 2000s, the second decade of the 2000s? I don't know what to call them, but did they not figure that out then? Is there a lot 50 of... 50 years they didn't figure it out? Is there a lot of stuff that we have just figured out in the last few but years what did they that figure we didn't out? know? You think it's just uh, travel time, sleep time? Yeah. When's the optimal time to rest? When's the optimal time to sleep? How long does it take your body clock to adjust? How many days do you need? How many hours do you need? How much sleep do you need? I, I mean, sleep cycles. Well, well right? yeah, There's I mean, some just, big thing on waking up at a certain time in in the hour. Uh-huh. Like I don't know much about it. I but, don't know much about it, but I know but, there are some coaches who have trainers who are really big on that. Like, remember, wasn't it Chip Kelly who had like made his players wear these devices that would that would basically measure their sleep because he wanted to make sure. Now, Chip Kelly wasn't very good in the NFL. But there's a science there to be perfected, and I do think there are NFL teams and college programs that have invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money into just that simple element of it. I remember talking, Sleep. To, I remember talking to Beck, uh, Dan Bickley when he was making a move to the mornings, saying there's something about if you could wake up at 4 instead of 3, 3.45 or 3.30, there's something there 
I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but there's something about a sleep cycle that just if you could clear a certain cycle or time, sure. it's different for your it's, your body reacts differently. Maybe they maybe they figured it out. Maybe science has figured it out. Yeah, maybe they have. I mean, the 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 fill it didn't work for the Cardinals a couple of times that they did it. The Eagles stayed back at the, or the the 49ers, I should say, stayed back at the Greenbrier this past week because they were had back-to-back East Coast games to start the season, and they won both of them. There are Eastern teams that when they come West, they now stay out West for a week rather than make the trip back because, you know, again... the and West fa- seems so much easier than East. The facilities that you have to practice in and train in and sleep in and... And then think about the technology, too. And then the other thing we haven't even brought up, here's something that might have gotten better. And this is also brought up in the PFT story. Silent counts. Team's ability to run their offense when it's loud. Can ASU learn how to do that? I mean, was Herm not in the NFL? Was Herm not in the NFL? It's been a while. It's been it's been. Was he not calling NFL games? It's been a minute since he's been in the NFL. Does he not know guys in the NFL? Herm, Herm, like they figured out the silent count in the NFL. Can you call somebody? You never figure it out, but you're better at it. You improve. You figure out what works. What yeah, doesn't. less penalties and yeah, you you figure out a way to to deal with it when you're on the. Road. I don't know what the answer is. But that's a trend. I mean, especially, look, if you're a gambler, that's one of those trends to kind of keep an eye on because if you, you know, you, you might look, look at our poll question today. Which team that an Arizona team is playing this weekend is most likely to spring an upset? Why did I pick Jacksonville? Because the game's on the road. Shouldn't sure. I rethink that? I should probably rethink my approach to that. If, if road teams are playing 500 football, and have just as good a chance to win on the road as they do now. I don't think Jacksonville's going to beat the Cardinals, but that's not the point. The point is my inclination is to pick Jacksonville because they're the home team, and that's my old-school thinking. Like, I, I think you, you've got to take out, like, Jacksonville, you've got to take them out of the equation. They're just so bad. And it's probably a couple of good teams, um, you know, the, the Bucks. Like, you take them out of the equation as far as home games. But when you take... If you take 25 of the teams or 24 of the teams that aren't the top of the top two or three or the bottom two or three, it probably really balances out as far as you know their ability to go on the road and win a football game. Yeah. When we come back, despite a rough first half of defense, the second half was much better for the Cardinals against the Vikings. What was that a function of, and how do they make sure not to start slow against Jacksonville on Sunday? You'll hear from Vance Joseph, Cards defensive coordinator, next on the Burns and Gambo Show.